What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Today, we are going to be diving into my own personal uh, nutrition and training regimen that I've been implementing here the last like nine plus months or so, and really just talking about some of the overarching goals that I've been working towards personally here, the really the last year, two plus years now, and kind of how that ties into maybe what like my long-term plans are. And I've... I've got to be honest, uh, some of these episodes and, and talking about these things, even like posting stuff on Instagram and social media, it's a little bit more difficult for me to do one because it's personal and, and like, you know, sharing personal information and stuff is always, I don't know, it's not always difficult for everybody, but for me, it's, it's usually a difficult task and it's not something that I love doing, but I do realize that there, there might be some importance in doing it periodically from like an example, like a case study standpoint that, you know, people listening to the podcast or people following along on my social media accounts, I act like I have this like 100,000 following, you know, people like itching at what I'm doing with my own personal, you know, nutrition and training plan. And that's not the case, but there are a handful of people out there that I know are watching and listening. And uh, I even know myself, like I'm always I'm always like curious and like other people's um, goals and training and how they approach things and um, you know what their uh, philosophy is around certain things. And for me, I think using myself as an example can be an opportunity to to maybe you know give insight to the way that my brain works and what I'm thinking about and uh, what I do with my coaching clients and the people that I work with. I just, I do think that there's some opportunity for education and again, just using myself in, as an example to help people appreciate the fact that there are so many different ways and so many different goals um, to shoot for and just to ideally think a little bit more broad, right? Like not just think that we're only trying, you know, to lose weight and that's what everybody's goals should be because it's not, you know, and it's uh so kind of this realization has come to me even in the last year or so, like it's the start of this year. Uh, traditionally, like for those of you who know, like I own my own online nutrition coaching business and we do personal training and, uh, you know, really just helping people um, reach their body composition goals that they're working towards, whether it's fat loss, muscle gain. But in the nutrition and, and fitness space, there's a large emphasis on losing weight. And, and yes, like that is needed. Um and I would say a large majority of people that initially come to work with me have that, you know, as a goal in the back of their mind of what they'd like to accomplish together, of losing a certain amount of weight or losing a certain amount of fat and, uh, you know, just changing their physique in the way that they look. And to me, like, I, th I think that's always going to be part of the, the picture, but it's just been really fascinating to me. I was just even looking at my client roster and as of right now, like as we sit here today, I think I only have like three or maybe four people that are actively trying to pursue fat loss right now, uh, which I'm not going to like disclose my client roster or anything, but that's a small percentage of the amount of clients that I'm working with right now. And I just found that to be really fascinating and honestly fucking exciting because I think when I started to get into this whole coaching game, right, there's just always been this emphasis in, in this pursuit of fat loss for most people. And getting to the point now where a lot of the people that I'm working with, maybe we've gone through a fat loss phase, maybe we're prepping for a fat loss phase, right? Um, 
a lot of times like we have to periodize our nutrition and, and what we're doing from like a dietary standpoint to complement whatever goals that we're working towards for sure. Um, but for me, one of the biggest victories that I can have as a coach is getting somebody or people to the point where they don't look forward to trying to lose weight anymore or getting people to the point where they're happy eating at maintenance calories or maybe even curious or wanting to go into like a gain phase or a bulking phase, which is oftentimes not something that most people do, like intentionally trying to lose weight. If you, if you think about how many people that, you know, intentionally are, are out there trying to gain weight, um, usually that's not the case. Like we, we don't have a problem gaining weight as a society. Now gaining weight in a strategic and kind of healthy way that is conducive to, you know, your, your uh, physicals or body composition goals, whatever it is that you're working towards. I think again, it warrants a different discussion and that's kind of what we're talking about today. But usually the weight gain that we see in, in our country, in our world is, is unintentional, right? Like unintentionally gaining weight year after year for, decades at a time. And that's unfortunately when people wake up at 40 and 45 and it's like, fuck, I don't like the way I look, feel, move. Uh, I don't like my energy. I don't like, yeah, I just, I just don't like where my body has gotten to. And then there's this kind of like, you know, kick in the ass where it's like, well, I need to lose weight and, you know, insert kind of this whole kind of dieting uh, mentality culture um, that, that is really programmed in a lot of people. So uh, I say this because Again, a lot of people come to me looking for fat loss and weight loss, and that's definitely something that I do, but it's not the only thing that nutrition coaches do. And um, I, I, I honestly encourage, and I'm biased, but I would, I would say that at some point in your life, anybody's life, dedicating a period of time to learning about nutrition, understanding nutrition, um, really developing some fundamentals and understanding these like overarching principles that could be one of the best things that you could do um, just to kind of change the trajectory of like your life and your health and your fitness and um, just appreciating that like not everybody, um, you know, has the same amount of time to spend on their health and fitness, right? As, as we age throughout the lifespan. So being able to like intentionally spend some time doing that at some point in their life is necessary. And unfortunately, we just don't really get that opportunity a lot of times, especially in school, like some people might take an intro to nutrition course in college or something or whatever fucking health class that their their high school has to offer like that just doesn't do shit you know it's like a lot of people go into you know their adult life really not understanding a lot about nutrition and then and then we get flooded and bombarded with all this like misinformation and um this fear-mongering garbage and all this all this like oh man, I just hate to call it BS, but just a lot of like stuff that is really distracting and confusing when it comes to learning about nutrition, learning about training. And people start to, to get into this mentality of like, okay, well, I, I just need to eat clean foods all the time and work out. Um, and it just kind of misses the point, I think, in, in, in the grand scheme of things of, of what we're looking at, of what it means to be healthy and, and how to train and how to eat for your specific, uh, specific goals, body goals, performance goals, health goals. Like there's a lot of inputs that can go into it, but a lot of times people just get into this mindset of like, well, the only way that I'm going to reach whatever goal that I'm working towards is by just trying to pursue fat loss and just to get a little bit leaner. And man, I just, I just think that's the furthest from the truth. And Wow. I, as I sit here now, it's like, I'm already so deep into this podcast and I've 
completely gone off on a side tangent here, which is okay. I, I, I'll be honest, I don't have any notes here. I was just going to kind of uh, say what's on my mind because I've been kind of reflecting on my social media and I remember really this time last year, this is kind of moral of the story, I'm getting to it, I promise. But this time last year, I was at a point where I finished my cut. I had went in a, a cut for like, I think 16 or 17 weeks. And I had documented that journey for, uh, really the whole duration of it. Like, I think it was every week or every other week I gave an update. I posted to my Instagram. I, I kind of used myself again as like a case study and, uh, as an opportunity to do some like education and to just provide some information on what I was doing, why I was doing it, how I was making adjustments, how my progress was going and, and just, what that process looked like, uh, because that's also something that I help my clients do, and it's what other people do. And again, people seeing that and watching it live, I think is really beneficial. And I got to the point where I ended my cut. I um, was honestly the leanest I have ever been. I I think I ended that cut at like probably around 160 was my average uh, weight range that I was seeing. But I've saw a number low as 158 or 159, which is fucking crazy if you think about it. And uh, when I ended that cut early last July, uh, I kind of maintained and kept that level of leanness, you know, plus or minus a few pounds uh, all the way into like September, October. And it wasn't until like last October that I really wanted to like double down and, and really intentionally go through a gaining phase where... Uh, I I wanted to kind of take it to the other end of the spectrum because I hadn't really done that before. Uh, I would I was kind of in the mindset of like I want to try and gain as much weight as I possibly can before I go into my first cut. This was when I kind of first started working with my own coach and uh, started being really intentional with my training and with my nutrition. Uh, but I didn't. Looking back, I really didn't give it a a full effort on you know doing a bulking phase and committing to eating more and getting uncomfortable. Uh, I kind of did my own variation of that. I had a lot of body recomposition at the time. I was eating, you know, like 3,100 calories or something fairly consistently. And I got up to a, a weight of like 175 or 174 was like my starting weight before I went in my cut um, last year. And when I got, you know, three months removed from that process, it was like, hey, I just had this itch and this inclination of like, I, I really want to give this an effort. And I want to I want to give it a lot of time to be able to say and look back and, and think that I really gave it my all. So from that moment on, I really wanted to commit to at least 12 months and ideally 18 months of going through an intentional bulking phase. So last October, I kind of started that and uh, I have a bulking kind of podcast episode. I did it a while back. Um, you could probably scroll down four or five, six episodes ago. I didn't really bring myself into it as much as I was talking about um, just kind of big concepts and, and stuff to think about when you are in a bulk. So uh, this next like, you know, latter part of this podcast, I want to just kind of use this as an opportunity to talk about what I've been doing and how I've been approaching my bulking phase and kind of this, you know, difficulties that I've had with that and what my plan is moving forward. Um, so I don't want to bore you to death with a lot of the, the you know, basics of like what a bulk is and yada, yada, yada. Um, you can go back a few episodes and listen to that. But um, last October I started, I think I can't remember my starting weight. I don't have my, uh, I don't have my tracker in front of me. I think it was closer to like 165 to 166 pounds or something like that. 
And um, from that moment on, I increased calories. And to be honest, from a training standpoint, not a lot changed. I have always kind of been in this mindset here in the last two to three years of training four times a week for hypertrophy. I have a, a lower upper, lower upper split, meaning I do leg day followed by an upper body day. I usually take a break or a day off on Wednesday, and then I finish Thursday, Friday in my week doing uh, another upper and another lower session. And that totals four workouts for the week. Um, very, uh, I want to say ba basic. Um, for some people, it might not be basic, but it's just really not the sexiest like training program you'll ever see. I've been experimenting a lot with my coach and um, diving into a lot of the literature that we've gotten over the last year or five years um, from a training standpoint of like doing more lengthened work, understanding like, uh, how to train closer to failure, how to train uh, more muscles in the lengthened position, experimenting with that in my own workout programming. That could be a conversation for another day because uh, that could be a podcast all in its own. Um, but from a training standpoint, not a lot has changed. And I can confidently say that. Like I'm not doing anything more or anything less than what I was doing in my cut. Now, what I'm getting out of my workouts is much better because I'm eating more food more consistently. Uh, compared to when I was in a cut, I was just trying to like maintain whatever muscle that I had when I was trying to lose weight and uh, really just trying to match and repeat what I was doing in the gym week to week instead of really uh, chasing like progressions in the gym week to week, right? Um, if you look at like a training model, like if I were to pop one up, imagine we have an exercise and let's say that exercise is barbell RDLs. So a normal kind of uh, progression or what I'm shooting for right now that I'm in a surplus, that I'm training hard, that my recovery is good, I'm getting enough resources to fuel my workouts and also recover from my workouts and to be able to adapt from my workouts. So along with like eating more food, even eating at maintenance, there's a capacity to continue to you know, build and, and get to a better place, uh, uh, more strength, uh, building more muscle. But unless you're actually in a, you know, a surplus and you're eating more resources than what your body is requiring or burning on a day-to-day -day basis, that's when we can see muscle um, maximize in terms of growth over time. So um, if we take this barbell RDL, I'm just throwing this example out for a training program for those people who maybe aren't familiar with like what a structured like hypertrophy training program looks like. Um, maybe somebody's doing more like hit workouts or doing group classes or doing more cardio based training. Uh, I'm biased again, but like resistance training is probably the best thing that we could do. Whatever your goals are, it can complement so many things, but from like a health and longevity standpoint, lifting resistance training, um, you know, practicing this like progressive overload model where we're, we're trying to improve and get stronger and add reps and add weights over time. Um, it's really just the fountain of youth. So um, that's kind of what I've done with my style of training, but we take this barbell RDLs. Let's say the first week we start with, you know, 225 pounds uh, and we have three sets. Maybe our rep ranges are anywhere from six to 10. Um, for me, maybe we start off with that, you know, 225, we get 10, nine, and eight, you know, uh, reps for those three sets. And, uh, maybe the next week, since we do track workouts, uh, we look at what we did the previous week and then we're trying to add reps or we add weight and it's the, uh, progression of trying to add more reps or add more weights week to week that kind of ensures this like, 
uh, progressive overload model where we're consistently trying to just progress and get better at what we do. And when we send, you know, the right stimulus to our muscles, that's what elicits this growth. And that's how we make gains over time. So very brief, short description of how that might look like. But from a training standpoint, I've been really double doubling down on what I've been doing and trying to progress as much as I can in these lifts and, and just getting to really hard, good, stimulative, high quality training. And I've been really implementing and doing that here um, in conjunction with what I've been doing with my diet recently. And from a nutrition standpoint, being able to I've been tracking my food. I, I say tracking it loosely because, um, and this is one perk of being in a surplus or even being at maintenance is like the flexibility that you can have with your nutrition and your diet sometimes is just, it's, it's, it's unlike any other, other thing. If, if we compare that to like trying to be in a cut where we have to be more meticulous, like I like to compare it to, let's say if you're tracking food, maybe you're shooting with a shotgun, right? And if you're in a surplus or you're maintenance and you're shooting with a shotgun, it meaning like you're not like meticulously tracking every single thing and hyper-focusing on every single variable that goes into food tracking. Um, for me, that means just tracking a little bit more loosely, not tracking like, um, you know, low calorie condiments or, um, you know, non-starchy vegetables or, I'm doing my best to estimate when I'm eating away from home, uh, maybe not weighing every single thing all the time. Part of that, part of the luxury of me being able to do that is having done that before and knowing what a lot of those portion sizes and things look like when I make smoothies or meals and I'm um, doing meal prep and so forth. So it's kind of like an, an um, you earn that ability to do that over time with just being more meticulous. You can come back to a place of flexibility when you're in a surplus. Um, but I've been tracking a little bit more loosely with a shotgun compared to, let's say if you're in a cut and you know, you really have to be intentional with calories. Like we might use that analogy, uh, like shooting with a sniper almost in a sense, you know, like you gotta be more precise. Um, you also will be more accurate or as accurate as can be compared to a shotgun that kind of just sprays fucking bullets everywhere. And I think there's a time and place for that. Um, you know, determining on on how meticulous and how intentional you want to be with your tracking depends on a variety of things but a lot of times getting to the point where you're not overly concerned about all the small minute details when it comes to tracking um, is a really cool time to practice this when uh, you're eating more than maybe uh, what you have in the past so I've been in this space where I've had a really healthy relationship with the food that I've been eating. I've been stressing over tracking. Even when I don't track for periods of time, I don't stress about it. Um, just understanding that I, uh, I'm sticking to some of the habits and routines that I know I need to be doing to get enough calories in over the course of the day. And I've just really intentionally been trying to do this here for the last, you know, about, um, I don't know, maybe nine months now or, or a little longer than that. And for me, a calorie range, and I hate to give like exact calorie ranges because, you know, that sometimes promotes comparison from people listening to somebody like myself talking about this out loud. And uh, you ask yourself, why can he eat that much? Or why can I do this? And he can't kind of thing. So again, take this all with a grain of salt and understand that, that you and I, uh, we might be alike, but we're more different than you think. And, um, for me, like getting to a place where I'm bulking now at like 35 or 3,600 calories is kind of this target that I'm shooting for uh, has been adjusted over time because one of my starting points was like closer to that 32, 3,300. And when you get to the point where, you know, you're increasing your body weight, you know, um, maybe a percent a month or, um, 
you know, 2% a month is kind of some of the targets that I've been looking for. Uh, you can make adjustments over time when you've been tracking and, and that's exactly what I've been able to do is just increase calories as my weight has increased over time, as my energy demands have increased, as my body has gotten bigger. So this is a really roundabout way of saying that I've adjusted my calories, but they've consistently been between that 33 to like 3,600 calorie range. And I've seen a lot of really good steady progress on that. Now I've had like, you know, weak stretches where the scale hasn't moved, maybe come down a smidge. Um, and for me, like getting to the spot where I'm at now, which I think my latest weigh in kind of averages have been around that 185 range. So maybe a solid 20 pounds up um, from when I first intentionally started trying to increase my calories and eat a little bit more food. Um, 25 pounds up from when I was like my leanest at the end of my cut this time last year, which if you think about it, like 25 pounds in a year is fucking crazy. Uh, and if you went to a doctor, I, I, I'm not going to say it's crazy, but it's just, um, it's just the reality that I've been able to experience and, um, kind of, uh, see as a result of the efforts that I've been putting into for my health and fitness and, and trying to go through this bulk. But like, if you went to a doctor's office and somebody gained 25 pounds a year, like that'd be a really big red flag, you know what I mean? Or 20 pounds a year. Um, so again, it, it requires context and to know that I've intentionally trying to, to gain weight and I've been doing it in somewhat of a strategic manner where I'm not just eating like a fucking high schooler all the time and just, um, you know, just eating a bunch of shit to get to my calories. That's, that's the other caveat that I kind of wanted to talk about today. Um, because it's really difficult to do that, you know? And again, there is more flexibility. There's more freedom when it comes to eating. Um, my ability to like, you know, on a, on a whim, like have takeout or, um, you know, get some, some, uh, some dinner that wasn't planned on our like menu for the week that we had originally planned. It's a lot easier to do this than it is uh, me doing a cut. Like those are two big differences of like the food flexibility and my, um, you know, my meals throughout the week can be less structured and more go with the flow. As long as I'm hitting some of these targets and doing that intelligently compared to being really strict and having like a, a maximum amount of calories instead of like trying to shoot for a minimum number of calories, which is what I've been doing. And just to kind of give uh, an example, and again, it's, this isn't like a eat, you should eat how I eat kind of thing because um, chances are you'd be, you'd be getting in a lot more calories than maybe you might actually need for yourself. But um, this whole bulking mindset has kind of been challenging because it's, made me realize that in order to get to some of these higher calorie ranges, like, you know, trying to eat clean and to eat all food prepped at home and getting to some of these higher numbers is actually really fucking difficult. And leaning on things that are maybe a little bit more uh, packaged or processed uh, and, and, and getting some like more energy, like calorie dense foods in periodically, like those are the things that I've kind of relied on to help me get to higher numbers and, and to help me get to a higher calorie range more consistently. Cause it's gotten to the point now where it's like for me to get any heavier than where I'm at now takes a lot more effort than what I'm already doing. And it, and it takes enough effort as it is for me. And this isn't like feel bad for me kind of thing. Like I'm not, I know I'm not going to get any fucking sympathy from anybody on here talking about how I'm trying to eat more and it's more difficult for me to eat at a higher target range. Right. Um, but bear with me here because for me, you know, my metabolism, um, my body type, really my genetics, like 
it's really easy for me to stay lean. Like I'll be really honest about that. Like I, my hunger cues and, and hunger signaling are in check. My, uh, my inclination to eat throughout the course of the day, like is not always there. Like I just, I could go half a day without eating and not feel a thing. Um, and it takes effort for me to like eat more in the morning, eat more at lunch, um, consistently get some of these calories in. And I've really leaned on certain things like perfect bars. I'll use as an example where I'm in this phase where it's like, Hey, I don't really always feel like eating. And part of that is probably because I'm just sick of like eating a little bit more calories over time. Um, sometimes I'll spend a week at maintenance eating a little bit less and it's kind of like a little mental reset before I try and eat more some weeks. Um, but for me, it's like, how can I lean on some of these like smaller things that can help me get to a higher calorie range that aren't much effort to eat that are still somewhat nutritious in the sense that like, you know, I'm not just eating a bunch of Oreos to get to my however many calories throughout the course of the day that I can sprinkle in with like the other big meals and things that we're doing on a day-to-day basis. And just to kind of give people like a, uh, going back to the perfect bar is kind of like a, a typical day of eating for me as of recent. And this has changed for sure, but, um, I've really relied on chocolate milk and like perfect bars for like post-workout stuff. If I have like a, I have a, you know, half gallon or whatever carton of that Fairlife, like whole chocolate milk in my fridge. I'll have that like a serving and a half of that with some whole milk. And then I'll have two perfect bars. And that alone is like 800 calories by itself. Um, another thing that I've been leaning on or like even things like, um, some like simple starches, the uh, bagels, um, cereals, cereals have been clutched. There's a cereal from Costco. It's called morning summit. Um, it's got like a combination of like nuts and seeds and dried fruit and um like whole grains like whatever else is in there but it's insane and and this is where like food tracking i think can be a really enlightening experience um and again really be used to help you get to where you want to be but for some people who are eating like morning summit cereal and they're just pouring as they feel like you know as they feel like it three servings of that is 900 calories. It's insane. And it's it, like, if I pour it into a bowl, it takes up like half of my bowl. So it's, uh, I, I find myself laughing sometimes because I'm intentionally like trying to get more calories and I'm doing this by intentionally like weighing out what I'm eating and being more observant of what my portion sizes are of these things that I'm eating. And that's the difference sometimes of people maybe not tracking, not understanding like how much a portion size is. And hey, this might be labeled as something that's healthy. It's got omegas, it's got fiber, it's got some dried fruit, it's uh, it's got nuts, it's got healthy fats. Like you would see this label and you'd be like, oh, this is a healthy food. But then you pour a bowl for it and that's, you know, 800 calories for you that you're eating. And that sometimes could be working against you if, if say, for example, somebody was trying to like lose weight at the time. So, um, yeah, like having that with some milk, like if you put those things together, we're at like 1600 calories or more already. Um, so having like small staples, things like that, that I can lean on throughout the course of the day that like don't take up a bunch of space in my stomach that aren't overly satiating, that taste really good um, are things that I would encourage people who are in a gaining phase to like kind of lean on, like whatever that might be for you. And then again, sprinkling that in around other things like um, maybe I'll have my smoothies some mornings where we're putting a bunch of berries and we put some, uh, um, protein powder or a peanut butter fit powder, or, um, even some walnuts or, um, handful of spinach, some vegetables in there, like having, having like a protein shake or smoothie 
um, instead of like having a big breakfast. Like I'll do that some mornings as well. From a lunch standpoint, things look very similar. Honestly, that um, that I was doing in my cut or eating at maintenance, usually it looks like some sort of meal prep from like Trader Joe's. Um, typically things that are already pre-cooked that I'm literally just reheating and putting into a Tupperware and then storing in the fridge until I want to reheat it again. Like I would say the percentage of food now that I eat that's like reheated like from Costco or from Trader Joe's um, or from like, you know, some of these other grocery stores is like 80% of my meals. So for example, like Trader Joe's has really good like rice packets, like white rice or brown rice packets that are already cooked that you can pop in the microwave and throw in with like um, uh, whatever steamed vegetable or Costco has these like Pura Vida big vegetable packs that you just saute on your stove that tastes fucking delicious. Um, that take no effort at all to cook, right? And then maybe whatever protein source, maybe it's chicken breast or rotisserie chicken or we cook some chicken thighs and um, maybe mixing in some like ground beef or ground turkey every once in a while or even ground um, ground chicken. Sometimes like uh, the frozen shrimp and stuff like that could be super good, but the lunches look fairly similar as what they would look like in a cut, maybe a little bit more portion sizes, um, but really balancing it around that kind of my plate philosophy of like, where's my protein source? Where is my vegetable? And uh, what, what starch do I have? And do I have some fiber within that? So kind of eating these foods around that and then saving like Hey, maybe, maybe some higher calories for dinner. Um, a lot of times we'll just do our normal, you know, stuff throughout the week. Literally what our, our meal prep kind of dinner stuff looks like from Monday to Friday is usually salmon on Mondays. Then we do tacos on Tuesdays. And then on Wednesdays we will do, um, sometimes it's like maybe burgers or maybe it's another style of fish or maybe we barbecue some chicken breasts. Katie made this really delicious like uh, Greek kind of chicken plate with like roasted potatoes and bell peppers and onions and feta cheese. And uh, we had like Greek yogurt and we had it with a salad, like some really delicious satiating food, but um, just trying to experimenting with some different uh, recipes and whatnot. You know, sometimes Thursdays we'll do like uh, some of those like pre-cooked like chicken nuggets or um, maybe like a cauliflower crust pizza and a salad or doing something kind of fun, um, but just having something that's like a little bit more convenient when it's kind of getting later in our week where we're tired of cooking and sometimes more convenient option that we can pop in the oven or something makes more sense that day. Um, and then Fridays might be kind of a date night thing or going out or I'll admit it, but like going and having dinner with my mom, whatever she's making that night. Uh, I got no shame in that. I'm still a mama's boy and we, we appreciate when she cooks for us too. So, you know, from a lunch and dinner standpoint, not a lot of things change, but from, from my experience kind of gaining and bulking here the last like nine months, I've really leaned on some of those other things of like bars and smoothies and shakes and um, some more like convenient stuff that you w would maybe label as more processed to just help me get to a higher calorie target. And again, for me, like getting to a point where I'm eating 3,300 calories consistently is a fucking chore sometimes. And I, again, agree. It's, it's not something that I, I'm trying to, uh, have people feel sorry for. Right. But like all eating all of this food in its own to me is a victory some weeks and, and just being able to like maintain the weight that I've been able to get to 
even if, you know, I, I keep this main tape or keep this weight plus or minus a few pounds all the way through the rest of summer, eventually my goal weight is like around that 190 range, 190, uh, maybe lower 190 ranges before I go into my next cut, maybe next spring or so. Um, but just being able to get to a point where I've really committed to at least a year or longer trying to intentionally gain weight, going through that experience, seeing what it's like, kind of experimenting with what I've been doing and, and seeing what kind of results I get from that. Because how this fits into like my long-term goals are like, for me, like not, I'll say this lightly, um, or it's not lightly, but I'll say this kind of um, with a light heart and not judging people, but being in the in the fitness space, like there is a lot of like uh, drug use, really um, exogenous like testosterone, steroids, like a lot of these things are becoming a little bit more common, um, a lot more common, especially uh, as we kind of shift this whole health movement, like onto, uh, you know, uh, social media, Instagram, TikTok, there's just a fuck ton of people out there that are, you know, using some, some other things that, you know, maybe illegal that are helping enhance their body or even getting procedures and stuff like that. For me, I'm in a standpoint where I'm thinking long-term of like, how can I continue to be healthy and happy long-term and steroids use have never been in the picture, nor will they ever be. And getting to a point where like, Hey, you know, I, I, this whole like genetic capacity for like building muscle, I think is an interesting topic. And, um, you know, theoretically, like I couldn't just keep lifting hard forever for the next, you know, 20 years and continue to just get bigger and bigger and bigger. Like maybe at some level, yes, but the work and the energy required to get there without the addition of some of these other, like, you know, performance enhancing kind of drugs out there, um, would be extremely difficult and not worth, worth the reward for me. So for me right now, I'm really testing that boundary of like, what am I willing to keep pushing to, to be uncomfortable, um, in the moment to, you know, continue to push towards whatever overarching goal, like weight gain, muscle building goals that I'm working towards now and getting to a point where I really appreciate what it feels like to get to that spot. So we can come back to more of a place of balance and, and, um, maybe go through my next cut or go through my next, um, weight loss phase and get to a weight that for me is more intuitive, more easy to sustain, you know, still flexible, not a lot of hard work to, to kind of maintain or get to that spot. And then just come back to a place of balance as I continue to proceed throughout my life. And as we bring kids into this world and as my, uh, as my age continues to get older and my work and life responsibilities start to change, it's like, I've really doubled down on going through a lot of these transitions for myself because I've had the ability to do that. My life is conducive to doing that. And I realize that it's not always going to be like that. So long story short, I'm really just trying to get to the point of how can I, push myself to kind of the limit and get to a spot where, Hey, going any higher than that to me, isn't worth it anymore. And then cutting down from there and getting to a spot where I really enjoy being. And, um, I don't know where that is yet, but long-term goal wise, it's like, Hey, I want to continue to, to push these next six months and see where I can get to. And to really look back and be like, Hey, I, I really did give it my effort. I, I gained for more than a year, year and a half. And I was able to get to a spot that I appreciated, but didn't want to get back to eventually. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm kind of rambling on this, the, the same thing right now, but 
I just don't know my, my long-term like five-year goals. I don't know what that's going to look like because I continue to kind of put myself in some of these positions that I am and will continue helping clients through in their own journey. So I, I love being able to, you know, have a stance on that and having gone through that and offering my own perspective and, um, you know, helping people get to a place where they feel good with that. But I, I just realized that, um, yeah, my own training regimen right now, it's not the sexiest thing in the world, but it's been super necessary. So I, um, I digress from there. I think this uh, podcast went a lot longer than I intentionally wanted it to be, but it is what it is. I hope somebody got something from it. Again, this was not a super planned podcast that I was planning on recording. Um, because really there's a lot of nuances that we can talk about within like a bulking phase and what I've personally been doing. But at the end of the day, it's not really the sexiest thing in the world, right? It's like, I'm eating more calories, doing it in a way that like, doesn't make me hate, you know, eating throughout the course of the day. I'm prioritizing sleep. I'm getting my steps in still, you know, I'm doing some intentional cardio. I'm lifting really hard and, you know, having good quality, uh, stimulative training. And I'm just showing up week after week, month after month, seeing what I'm able to accomplish over time and kind of managing my expectations as like seeing the progress as it happens instead of trying to force it and, and trying to force, you know, my progress over time. Uh, I, I, I just wanted to, to kind of relay this message that a lot of this shit takes time. A lot of times like this shit could be really boring, but sometimes it's the boring work that you do repeatedly over time that is really the shortcut uh, to get to you to where you want to be eventually. And sometimes that just requires like you having this appreciation that this shit is going to happen in three months or six months. And um, I know we all know that deep down, but it's harder to live that sometimes. So yes. All right. Well, I'm just going to end that podcast there. If you made it all the way through the end of this episode, I appreciate you listening. To be honest, I don't even know what I really talked about just now. Um, but I just kind of wanted to, to talk about what was on my mind. And again, I, I like some of these impromptu podcasts. I think they're harder for me sometimes, right? To kind of, uh, I'm just talking out loud here, but just to keep some sense of organization. Um, but again, doing some of these podcast episodes, I, I really try and think, I, I find myself thinking too hard about them, having the perfect structure, having the perfect outline. So sometimes it's nice to just come on here and just shoot the BS and, 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 talk about whatever comes to my mind in the moment. So, um, yeah, I'm going to shut the fuck up again. If you, if you listen to this far, I appreciate you uh, until next time. Remember to eat with a purpose, train with intention and think with confidence as you work towards your own nutrition and fitness goals. I'll see you on the next episode and we'll talk soon. Peace. Thank you again for listening to this episode. If you found value and enjoyed it, it would mean the world to me if you posted a screenshot to your social media. If you do, make sure you tag me so I can say thanks. Or if you're on iTunes, scrolling down and leaving a five-star review would be much appreciated. And if you ever want to get in touch with me, you can always find me on Instagram at LukeSmithRD. Thanks again for tuning in, and I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. I'll see you on the next episode.